Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, oh, two boom, buddies. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I got very excited. I'm Buddy One, Justin Barney from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. Buddy Two. Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. And today we are talking about Spike Lee joint Black Klansman. The KKK is planning an attack. How do you propose to make this investigation? We'll establish contact over the phone. We'll need a white officer to play me when they meet face to face. You for the white race, Ron? Oh, hell yeah. So there becomes a combined Ron Stallworth. Can you do that? With the right white man, we can do anything. Black Klansman is the new movie by Spike Lee. Also the first movie to screen at the Oriental. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, our flagship film, yes. I call it. What is the story of Black Klansman? What's the plot? Uh, it's based on a true story mm. uh, that seems crazy. Yes. <laughs> it's a black undercover officer. He infiltrates the Klan via telephone. Right. He convinces them over the phone that he is a white nationalist and wants to get involved. And then he realizes, well, I need a white officer to actually physically show up. So he teams up with Adam Driver, Adam, uh, officer played by Adam Driver. And uh, they go in and uh, investigate the Klan. And hijinks ensues. God, so many hijinks. They get him in. They give him paperwork and yeah, stuff. He does a very good job. Right. And then they fight him from the inside. Yeah. Also, on the outside, he's dating a woman who is part of the... She's the, the organization, uh, uh, the Black Student Union. Black Student Union in Colorado Springs, and so it has this dynamic where he is kind of like fighting from the inside, and she is fighting from the outside, and the KKK is there. So there's all these dynamics of yeah. like the cultural activism of inside organizational right. activism as well, and then. There's a lot of commentary on race relations in the 70s, and, uh, you know, obviously these talk about race relations today as well. Yeah, and it's more than just the obvious, you know, the KKK versus, you know, uh, uh, people of color and then the Black Student Union. It's more than just those. There are more there are intricacies with his relationship to being a cop and uh, relationship to the black community. I mean, it's it's more complicated than the story. I mean, the story is already... Uh, right, fascinating and and uh, out of this world, but then you have all these intricacies, which Spike Lee does so well. Look at that! You just say things better than me. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> what? Um, how'd you like it? I'm reading. I'm reading from my phone. <laughs> oh no, it's uh, it's amazing. I think it's Spike Lee, uh, like doing, doing the things that make his classics. Like, do it, it has a ring of do the right thing. Some of his best films. It's one of my favorites, I think, of his. Uh, because, and again, I've always said this, trying to blend humor with the intense subject matters that he usually addresses is complicated. That is a tightrope walk, and he does it really, really deftly. Um, so, because it is it is funny. It's laugh out loud funny. There's moments where you're like, yeah, like a really satisfying yeah. get him kind of thing. And then there's these moments of tension that you aren't going to get in another filmmaker's film. Um, and his message is clear throughout. Definitely. I think my favorite part of watching it, and I think the thing that I think Spike Lee does well is that he is an excellent historian. So there's like this scene right. where Ron Stallworth, who is our, our main character. Played by John David Washington, uh, which is uh, 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 Denzel Washington's son. 
I did not know that. Oh yeah, yeah, Denzel Washington's son. What? Mm-hmm. All right, so he is <laughs> he is talking to his girlfriend, and they are talking about black exploitation films. Oh right, and it does a great job of having this conversation and then, then like bringing up the posters. Yeah. Oh, right. They do that. He does this throughout. So they start with images of films from the beginning of cinema mm-hmm. uh, that have images of black men and black women and how it was addressed then. And then into the film, they talk about the film birth of a nation, which is troubling to say the least. And then, uh, then they end with footage that brings you to the present. So he uses film and video throughout history and representations of of black men and women and kind of then the message to me is clear like this has happened from the beginning it's yes. happening now and it's continuing to happen in the in the present and the future and this is the thing that Spike Lee does in all his films. I think of Bamboozled when I watch this, yeah. which is also, it's a history of cultural America and also a history of film, his art form. Yeah. And it contextualizes and uh, uh, gives information and really makes that message that he is hitting, it, it adds all this context to it. I think he does it probably, he adds history into his films probably better than any other filmmaker. Yeah that is making films. And I think that's what like makes this stand out. Also having an incredible plot helps. Yeah. Also having incredible actors. Also having yeah. it, it very beautifully shot, a great soundtrack, just looking cool, yeah. sounding cool, being cool. It is it is great in all of those aspects yeah. and I think just made deeper and richer by his great contextualizing of history. He's one of the better stylistic directors, I think. Totally. You see, like Wes Anderson, who we've talked about before, you there are certain things he does in his films that you're like that's a Spike Lee thing, right? So yeah. the like the 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 actors coming towards you on a dolly oh, towards the camera. Loved that. Or, Such a great scene. Uh, the scene with Harry Belafonte when he's telling this tragic story and all the actors just face the camera and look right at you. Yes, these things are what like these touches are what visually and like stylistically make his films just like really pop. Yep. It's awesome. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film, offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at associatedbank.com slash mkefilm. Member FDIC. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. And we're back. Oh, no. Hey. We are uh, still talking about Black Klansmen here. And uh, you want to talk about the uh, reception that it got at Cannes. Yeah, it's had a very auspicious start. It premiered at Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival in France. Oh. Fanciest country of all. Yes. Fanciest and, festival um, of all. it won uh, the Grand Jury Prize there. Was, What's the Grand Jury Prize? That is, uh, it's a prize given by the Grand oh. Jury. Oh. Yeah. A so bunch does of that famous... mean that it's like, is that like, that means it's the best? Um, well, that's funny. They have, I feel like festivals have all these different awards. There's the Palm Door. Oh, there's sure. There's the, the, uh, the Grand so Jury it's Prize. Like the best of one of the, the things yeah. that were. It's good. the one that the jury comprised of a bunch of heavy hitters uh, in the industry uh, give out, which I think is pretty good. Palm okay. Door, I believe, also possibly that. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but either way, got a great reception, got a 10 minute ovation. Wow. Uh, and then also, apparently, during the film, there's like applause breaks during the film, uh, cheering. Um, 
is very emotional and very funny at the same time. So he got a huge reception, and then he gave this long speech uh, where he called Trump uh, various words. He was very passionate because there's a lot of references to Trump and their current uh, state of affairs in the film, which so he was very passionate in his speech, which got a lot of attention to. Yeah. In the movie, yeah. uh, David Duke is the head of the KKK, uh, played by Topher Grace. Played by Topher Grace, yeah. who does a great job and weirdly looks yeah, very I much like feel bad him. for Topher Grace at how <laughs> well he fit. My God. And he did a great job, too. And there is a, David Duke says uh, there is a Make America Great Again line in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole time there are little, like, inferences of, like, this is something that is still happening. And this yeah, is, yeah. like, organized um, racism right. is still a thing. Sure. Is is horrible yeah. here and in this time. And it's like, look at how horrible it is. It is more, it's as evident currently. Yeah. yeah. I will say real quick about Topher Grace. He said that uh, when he's being directed by Spike Lee, Spike Lee would come up and whisper things that he should say. And he said, I really wish Spike would have just out loud told me what to say so everyone knew it wasn't me coming up with this line. <laughs> He's like, that's a terrible thing to say, and that's perfect for the character, but can you let everyone know that you said it? Which I thought was pretty funny. That's great. Yeah, I left the theater with a lot of people just going, oof. Yeah. It is one of those. I know. And it's great. It's a great like action movie. There is a lot going on. It's yeah. fun. But it's also like... It hits that intended, like, yeah, that that kicks you in the guts. Yeah, definitely. I uh, was lucky enough to like. I was at the theater a lot, and uh, I saw a lot of audiences leave the theater after seeing Black Landsman. And I talked to several people I knew, and some of them didn't want to talk. They're like, "I'm gonna need a minute." Yeah, like, they were very affected by it. About and th so when I went to see it, I knew I was gonna get kicked in the guts at some point. So I was kind of like. Right. Like waiting for it. But it, it, I mean, he does such a good job. It's a necessary addition to kind of bring it all up to current day just to drive it home. Yeah. That like this guy is still alive. Mm -hmm. The guy that was heading the KKK at this time. And he endorses the current president. Right. There was like there was no avoiding yeah. the fact that that is like that that is a current thing that's right. happening. And it does address it. There's also some controversy surrounding it. I always like feel tough for Spike Lee because he takes on the most, you know, yeah. the most difficult topics. And I feel like he gets blowback a sure. lot on it because it is so hard to like do everything in the right way. And to, it's, it's, it's hard to do and he gets a lot for it and he, he keeps on going. Yeah. But, um, there was a really, really pointed kind of clap back from, uh, Boots Riley who uh, directed Sorry to Bother You right. earlier this year. And in it, he it is like a three-page kind of like review wow. of the movie itself. And he says, he says, I love Spike Lee. I went to film school because of Spike right. Lee. He has, you know, he will, he'll say anything about any film. Yeah. And so I'm going to say what I feel I need to say about right. this. And so his critique is very fair. Yeah. And in it, he is saying that there were a lot of liberties played with Ron Stallworth's character. Yeah. And uh, some of the events that happened, some of the big climactic things right. that happened in it didn't really happen. And uh, Ron Stallworth in real life was part of this group 
with the FBI called COINTELPRO. And the objective was to basically like take down radical black organizations. Oh, yeah. And uh, so this, the narrative kind of shows that the police are doing the right thing. Yeah. And that. Oh, right. I see what you're saying. In here, they were like looking out for the radical black organizations yeah. and they were like fighting white racist organizations. Right, right. And in reality, they weren't really taking down the, white was it, organizations. Was the reality that they focused more on the black organizations and this was just one small part of what they had done? Or yes. did he never, I mean, I assume he actually did go after the KKK at some point. He did, but they're all the like all the evidence is gone. Oh, right. so oh, yeah, they took. I mean, they kind of addressed that in the film, too, right? Yeah. But the, I mean, in the end, they really took down yeah. black radical organizations. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the FBI. I mean, if you look into the history of the stuff, I mean, just like went into the homes right. and killed people oh, to crazy. take down Black Panthers. Jeez. So it is saying like that is the real history, yeah. uh, like of what happened, and even in this situation, and it also like at the end. Spike Lee got $200,000 from the NYPD to uh, do an ad campaign to, like, help police and uh, help their relationship with the African-American community in New York. And he said that this kind of feels like an extension of that campaign, which are, like, totally valid things. Yeah, it it is a valid thing, and I'd, I'd be interested to read more about that particular transaction because i i bet there's more to it than that i bet there's yeah it's what, i mean and there is, always is more yeah, to it yeah you know but it also seems i mean that does seem like a good thing to but it, you would also think that spike lee would be very critical of that particular city's police department unless right. they are um they're genuinely working to change that so i which i hope obviously right but it's interesting because um, i know that's a criticism of most biopics like there's yeah. rarely ever been a biopic that's, that's like, like we nailed it yeah. and yeah and spike lee wants to like he made this like very interesting you got to have like the story yeah. arc of the movie and and it, there's there's uh, and i i don't know where i land on it but there's a defense of doing that is to drive home um the more important message and to ma- not just to make the story better but to drive home like his particular message uh you adjust it a bit um, and they do address a little bit in there that he does obviously partake in those undercover uh, operations to infiltrate the black organizations too. Yeah. But yeah, they kind of, they soften that part and it's a small part. Right. So it'd be really interesting to, to find out what the rest of it is. Yeah. This is good to know Yeah, all the information on it. For sure. And it was definitely worth seeing and it will hit you hard. Yeah. And you should go see it. Yeah. And the good thing about, <clears throat> the the product he did make is that it does, it's reaching the people who need to see it, who need to be not just, I mean, sometimes it's like, are you preaching to the choir? Is it just the same people who already have this message? I think I feel like preaching to the choir is a great idea all the time. It keeps people mm-hmm. fresh. It keeps them motivated to work towards a goal. So I don't mind that it does that, but I also, you know, I love that it's, it's just, it's going to, it's harder hitting than most of the preaching to the choir is. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know, I was gonna say there's like having everything in there yeah. is like is hard. Right. Um and there's gonna be critiques anyway. Sure. This is a great movie. Yeah. And uh, uh we should definitely 
you should definitely see it if you have not already. Yeah, and read um, about the situation. It's super always, powerful. Yeah. I love it when it's something like this kind of gets you to like look into it and definitely he, read the stories and find out more about it. It's Man, Harry Belafonte telling those stories, uh, that was just like hair standing up yeah. on the neck. Probably the best scene for me in that movie is Harry Belafonte. Also, I just I love Harry Belafonte. So do I. I know. <laughs> yeah. It was great to see him in there. There were some great actors in there. It was nice to have that. One of my presence. earliest memories is going to Shakey's Pizza in Bayview yeah. and my dad putting Dale on oh, the jukebox sure. at Shakey's Pizza and just like being like four years old and going crazy because yeah. to a four-year-old, Dale is the greatest song <laughs> that has ever been written. That's true. <laughs> And to a 43-year-old, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, too. Yeah, if you uh, if you guys want to just delve into something, I would look into Harry Belafonte's films like from the 50s and 60s. Oh, He's yeah. a really great presence. And uh, The World, The Flesh, and The Devil is a very interesting like apocalypse movie from like the 60s era that you should definitely check out. Dang. All right. Black Klansman, go see it. We are, since we have recorded last, the Oscars added a popular movie category to yeah. their presentation. And I just thought that we should talk about it because it's oh, something that's Oscar. interesting. Oh, Oscar, what you are you are always up to something. What do, you, what do you think of this? Oscars are adding popular yeah. movie category. I think the, well, the details are that they last... People aren't watching the Oscars. Yeah, here's as much as they used to. Yeah, that's they need the to reason. shake it up. Lower, they need to pull lower. Uh, what do you call it? viewership? Ratings. And then also, uh, there's an interesting thought about like, it will that first of all will that appeal to more viewers, and then will it include more films that won't get included usually? Right. Um, Black Panther is one that comes up a lot. Will they give that an award for most popular film or best popular film, which then eliminates it from? other more prestigious awards what right. would be considered more prestigious awards right that's kind of my thought is also that you don't want to eliminate it from being in normal contention but i do right. like i do get that they want to like bring other films and you know people get upset that a movie that was a big box office success didn't get like any oscar nods and yeah. this will be a way to like you know kind of quell that yeah the thing is that I think they do. I think there are a lot of films that do get those uh, that get big box office numbers and get nominated, but they're usually of a certain type. They're dramas. They're like yeah. They're never action films. They're never comedies. Yeah. And I think it's just. I mean, on uh, the real reason is just for viewers. It's just for economics. Like right. It has nothing to do with also what's what? the right thing to do. What What's the threshold of a oh, yeah, non-popular yeah. movie. How do they define the popular film? How do they define the popularness of the movie? My guess is that it's just a box office standard they come up with. Like, you it's think it's beyond like a, a this, budget? Yeah, like, or kind of like the Billboard Awards. Sales. The Billboard yeah. Awards are just like, these are the most popular ones based on sales. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, think the, I think what would be great is if they just genuinely had a jury or an academy of representative people in the industry mm -hmm. and they actually just voted on the best films that they thought came out. I mean, that's a dream. Yeah. <laughs> it seems very simple, but it's not based on that. It's, and the Oscars are a joke. 
I, a joke that I indulge in every year. Same, and that I absolutely love. I have th- one of the most divided feelings I have on anything, which is terrible of me that this <laughs> is the one, is the Oscars because I love watching it. I yeah. got to see it, but I also think it's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really invested in who wins Well, here regardless. we go. Justin Barney and Kay Polly fix the Oscars. Yeah, you're welcome, <laughs> society. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we also want to talk about some things that are going on in Milwaukee. Yeah, um, that's where I live. With <laughs> with films that are going on and film happenings. Yeah. Um, what's going on at the Oriental? Just showing some movies. Oh, just some movies going uh, on. I, this Saturday is RZA time. Oh! RZA live from the 36th Chamber. That is going to be awesome. That's going to be amazing. It's going to be a couple hours of RZA live scoring uh, um, amazing kung fu film, um, DJing, playing a lot of Wu Tang classics, intermixed with kung fu action, and that is also part of uh, Hip Hop Week MKE, yeah, which is going on all week, and there's stuff going on every single day for that. Also, in other movie stuff going around, um, Marcus is playing the Lord of the Rings special extended editions. They Uh-oh. already did Fellowship of the Ring. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, the Two Towers are playing tonight, and Return of the King is playing August 26th, 27th, and 29th. Yikes. I, the extended editions in the theater, that's a good time right there. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah people, I know when they used to do this, people would just sit in. Are they showing them back to back? Uh, they're on different dates. They're on different dates. Remember, with, I think there was a. Oh my God, back to back, the extended editions. I'm also excited that uh, Avalon is bringing back Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. So if you missed it in the theater, you have another chance to see it. Okay, I was wondering if this is because our very own Tariq Moody put up such a stink about it going on. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I know. And I was wondering if it is because of him. I ho- I would imagine so because he is an influencer. <laughs> yeah, and just like a testament to Tariq's complaining about everything, <laughs> he was like so about seeing it. And then I was like, "Did you see it?" And he's like, "No, I didn't see it." I was like, blah, blah, blah. And then it was gone, and he was complaining about it. I'm like, "Why did you see it when it was here?" <laughs> and you but, gotta jump on these things. But yeah, the the twenty first, twenty second, twenty third at the very uh, those are at least dates you can see it at the Avalon. Yeah, um, so if you missed it, go see it. It's yeah. great. All right, that's it. Next week, we're talking about Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, it's going to be a good show. All right. Thank you for listening to Cinebuds. Cinebuds is produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab. Our theme song comes from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. We come with support from Associated Bank and your membership. Please subscribe to the podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org. You can find it on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Please Thanks. do that. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you at the movies. Bye. Bye.